With working women, how many things are you expected to do on a daily basis? It's impossible to do it all, yet we're asked to each day. Listen to hear how one high-wire woman, Rosanna Berardi, stays on the high wire while managing a busy law firm, a consulting business, teaching at a law school, parenting her 14-year-old son, and maintaining a happy and healthy marriage. Let Rosanna show you how to make sense of your life and stay on that high wire. All right. Well, welcome back, High Wire Women. Hope everyone is doing well, enjoying the summertime weather. Today, we have Tracy Litt on the podcast. Tracy Litt has a super interesting background. So her bio says, if Brene Brown and Tony Robbins had a baby, it would be Tracy Litt. And I just love that because I love both of those people, Brene Brown and Tony Robbins. And they both have such a different, they live on a different part of the spectrum of life. So Tracy's the baby of those two, not realistically, figuratively. Tracy is a powerhouse of transformation. She's a leadership expert, mindset coach, spiritual advisor. She helps people break the patterns that bind them so they can become the highest versions of themselves. And I don't know about you, high wire women, but I get stuck in patterns of things I should be doing, should be feeling. I do very little of what I truly want to do. And I think as women, unfortunately, we're conditioned to do that. So Tracy's going to teach us how to get out of those patterns. She's got a powerful and practical process called the choice method. We're going to talk about her TEDx talk, fear, what's holding us back. So warm welcome to Tracy Litt. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Hi, thank you for having me. Wonderful. And you are in Palm Beach County, Florida right now, which I imagine is very hot. Oh, sweltering. Like you walk outside (laughs) and you're just like, (gasps) takes your breath away, takes your breath away. But I love it because when it's winter time, Uh, nothing better better place. Yeah, for sure. So tell us a little bit about you. Like I always say, what's your one minute story? How did you get to be the figuratively baby of Brene Brown and Tony Robbins? Oh, so the one minute version, my soul was slowly dying in my corporate job, which is not an uncommon feeling. And it's interesting now because the work I do, I get to do it inside corporations, raising consciousness in addition to working privately and in groups with women to really wake us up to a whole new paradigm of living and a whole new paradigm of leadership. So the moment where I recognized I need to stop being a victim of my life and start to be the creator of my life was when I found myself a single mother with an eight-month-old baby, unemployed, going, what happened and how is this life possibly yours? Yeah. Tough stuff. Exactly. And when I found myself crying on the floor in that, you know, reckoning moment, my higher self came through to me in a kind of gut feeling and a messaging like exactly that. You are either going to continue to try to squeeze round holes into square pegs and ignore red flags and not pay attention to what you're tolerating, or you're going to get off the floor and you are going to take radical responsibility and create a life for you and that little girl in that crib inside that is wildly different than the one you're living now. And so I did. And then I ended up climbing the corporate ladder for you know 13 years. And then I landed as a VP of human resources, which was lovely, truly lovely. Mm-hmm. But something in my soul was like, yeah, this is nice, but you haven't scratched the surface on what your potential actually is. And you're totally can't die in this job. Yeah. That's so interesting because we're so conditioned to, you know, go to school, 
and start at the bottom of the corporate ladder and climb our way up and get there. And I talked to so many people that are like, they're there and they're like, mm, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. You know, my friend said to me, I feel like every day I'm wearing someone else's shoes. I wear mm -hmm. shoes that don't fit because mm -hmm. yeah. it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't care for what I'm doing, but I should be happy. Yeah. One of the fastest things we can get to is start to lift up, lift the rock of every should that you think and speak and take a look at who should that really is because it's never yours. It's your mother's, it's your rabbis, it's your priests, it's your grandfather, it's your sibling, it's your spouse, it's your best friend that you're comparing yourself to. It's all of these different things, but it is rarely in alignment with what you want when you allow yourself to cultivate the kind of relationship with yourself where you're the most important relationship of your life. Yeah. And I feel like as I've gotten older, I'm going to be 50 soon. The shoulds that I would hold myself in comparison to, I can see through them pretty easily now. And, you know, I always tell my younger associates here at my law firm, like the more put together something is, the more of a disaster it is underneath, like <laughs> your neighbor that's got the perfect parties and the flowers and the this and the that. I guarantee there's a lot going on under there, right? That's another component too. We never really know what's going on. You know, how many of us and how many of you hanging out with us right now look like everything's great on the inside, but your inner environment feels like a white knuckle death grip. That's not okay. And we really need to not tolerate that for ourselves anymore. And I understand it's a combination of environmental upbringing and societal influence in our whole lives. Like, you know, the patriarchy and collective think and the wounds that your parents never healed and how they did or didn't show up for you. And they're very, these are very real things. And as the gorgeous, capable, worthy, talented, grown ass women that we are, we are responsible for healing through and taking our power back through the lens of leveraging this tool in between our ears, right? Mm -hmm. What mindset really is and doing things like shifting our relationship with fear and letting go of the shoulds and allowing ourselves to move into the fullest expression of who we are, because it's in that that you generate what you desire. And it's in that that you get to the end of your life and don't look at a heap of regret. Yeah. And I think a lot of us are paralyzed by that fear of departing from the shoulds or departing from the script that we were given in our childhood by our families. I mean, I'm a first generation Italian American and in our family, like, of course, I'm going to get married. Of course, I'm going to have children. Of course, I'm going to have Sunday dinner. Of course, I'm going to want to hang out with my parents all the time. That was just the narrative. Like now that I'm on the other side of it, I'm like, wow, I really didn't consciously make any of those decisions. And don't get me wrong. I love my career. I love my family. I love my child. Yeah. But that was not anything done consciously. Yeah. And you get to choose that. So it's not about like throwing the baby out with the bathwater and blowing everything up and having right. a Stella got her groove back moment and yes. walking off into the <laughs> sunset. You know, for some of you, it might be that you might go, oh my God, listening to this conversation already, I don't want to be in this life that I've allowed. And that's okay. And it's also a function of taking a look at even some of the things you just said and asking yourself, like, does this feel good to me? Does it feel good in my body? Do I choose to do that? Because your replacement for should, right? Let's, let's like fill this with gold nuggets of practicality because for me and something I've become known for over time is the how behind the hype. You're going to be inspired. You're going to be lit up. 
you're going to be ready to rock. Oh, and how do I actually practically apply this to create change in my wealth, in my business, in my career, in my life? Yes. Right? Tell us more about the how. I mean, I feel like women know what to do, right? It's like, I know how to lose 10 pounds. I mean, it's really not that complicated, but realistically, do I really know how to do it? Probably not. So tell us how we start to pivot away from, you know, that script or those shoulds. How do we get in touch with ourselves and who we really want to be? So, you know, that is a longer, bigger journey. Sure. For now, the first thing is a, is a point of decision. Anything powerful that ever happens comes out of a decision, right? To really say, you know what, I'm done. I don't feel good. I don't want to live in this anxiety. I don't want to be filled with resentment because I'm perpetually people-pleasing and contortionizing myself and then turning around and all the things that, that is very common. I don't want to say normal because it really, I'd like it to not be normal, but sure. it's very, very common to first wake up to saying, okay, I'm going to make this new decision. And then to recognize, we do know, to your point, Buddha said to know and to not do is to not know, right? Yeah, we do know. What really needs to go on is a different understanding of yourself, your biology, what's happening when you try to change, right? Why is it that we can really rock it out in doing something new for a few days or a few weeks, and then we revert back? What's really going on is your system, your mind trying to keep you the same. It's yeah. your mind pulling you back into who you've been because your mind thinks that anything different, new or unfamiliar means imminent death. So when you really understand how you're wired and how to work within that wiring, you become a mind magician and you start to utilize your inner power where you can heal and leverage your thoughts and play with your energetics because you are a spiritual being having a human experience. But we get so caught up in the <laughs> loop and the hamster wheel that you're totally yes. disconnected from yourself. You don't trust yourself. You don't slow down. You're constant. You think everything you do on your outside equals your value on the inside, which then also opens up to the journey of recognizing the truth of your wholeness and your worth is essential, right? And it's something that's super under recognized in high performing women because we don't walk around thinking I'm dealing with all these worth issues. But if we hung out long enough and I asked you enough questions, there it would be, right? right. So it's really the decision and then learning, investing in your growth right? Really, really investing in your growth. Think about all the things, right? We're both moms. We're mm -hmm. both business owners. We're both high achievers. Mm -hmm. All the things you spend time and energy on, all the things you're willing to invest in, right? But do you really recognize that you are the asset? You are the singular thing that makes the whole shebang run. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would love us all to spend more time going, oh, I'm investing in that retreat. I'm investing in that language I've wanted to learn my whole life. I'm investing in that personal growth program because I'm not growing, I'm dying. I'm going to invest in all these things because then I will be healed. I will be changed. I will be different. And as a result, so will everything in my life and my personally and professionally. And to do that, we have to knock down the shoulds, right? And we have to just start doing. And I think a long time ago, I was in a therapy session and the therapist was talking about, you know, shoulds. And I don't know if you're familiar with 
at carnivals, there's a game called Whack-A-Mole. The mole comes up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Love that game. <laughs> and I always think about that as the shoulds. When I hear myself saying, even this morning, this morning, I was getting ready for work and I was going to make my lunch. But I was like, eh, you know, I'll just pick up a salad. I'm like, I should make my lunch. And I had to stop myself. And I hit the mole on the head and said, I don't want to make my lunch right now. I just want to get a salad to make my life easier. I'm going to do that. Yes. And so I did. That's one example of a I love that. Stay there. I'm going to give an example too. But before we do, repeat after me and finish the sentence. I felt like I should make my lunch because... I have the food here. It's cheaper. It's healthier. I can do everything. And whose voice is that really? Where'd you learn that? Probably from my mom or my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah. you know what? I can tell you it's my dad. My dad is like, people spend so much money on food. It's ridiculous. Blah, 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 blah. That's what I hear in my head. But yeah. this morning I'm like, you know what? I don't want to spend 10 minutes making my lunch. I want to go. So yes. I went. Amazing. Amazing. I love that. So what I just did with you is exactly how I want you all to play with identifying what's under the should and then shifting into choose or choose not to, which is what you did naturally, right? So you have a moment where you either hear the internal should or you literally hear it come out of your mouth because that's Mm -hmm. oftentimes too. And then you pause exactly what you did and go, whoa, whoa, hold on, full stop. Yep. (laughs) And then you like pretend the should is a little rock and lift the rock up and go, what's underneath that should? Whose is that? Where's that come from? If I'm being honest and honoring myself, do I want to, or do I not want to? Do I choose to, or do I choose not to? And in that moment, you're like, no, absolutely not. Going to whack that mole. I'm going to say, I choose to buy a salad and I'm not a product of the great depression. So I can start to reverse all that money story because there's so much lack and scarcity that's been bequeathed upon us, right? Similarly for me, I remember one of my strongest should moments. This is really before I started going deep into this work with myself. When my kids were younger, I was asked to volunteer in the classroom. Ugh, the worst. Right. (laughs) And I remember, I remember sitting there going, okay, like, you know, waiting to respond. Like, okay, I should, I totally should. I have no desire to. I don't want to even a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then I sat with it and then I went, you know what? Absolutely not. I'm not going to do it. Because what was under my should was, well, what are they going to think of me? What are the other moms going to say? Mm-hmm. Right. And all of that low, le- it's low level consciousness stuff. Really? Low once level. you start to grow, you're like, whoa, that's ridiculous. And then I just said, and I responded, thank you, but no, thank you. I'm not interested in volunteering. I'm happy to sponsor the class. I'll give you 300 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever we right. need for the project. I will not be coming into that school to volunteer. And it was like, yes, <laughs> you want to talk about liberation, right? Start to identify your shoulds and let them go. And you will feel like you just got away with something. Like you just snuck out of your house and you're a teenager and you weren't a busker. (laughs) And so many things can be solved with a donation. Really, the school always just wants the food or the money. I remember my son is 15 now and he was younger. Same thing. Like there, I was looking for a room mom and I did it for a couple of years and I hated it. Yeah, I hated the dynamics of it. I hated the cattiness of it. And finally, my husband was like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I should. He's our only child and blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, I think like around sixth grade, I was like, nope, not being the room mom. I'll send in food. I'll do something in lieu of, yes. but I'm not, I'm not doing that. And it's so much better. I'm not complaining. I'm not miserable. 
he doesn't see me acting inauthentically, right? Faking yes. it. Yes. And it has nothing to do with loving him at all. No, not at all. But we, I mean, we can go down the route of, you know, what happens to us from a maternal perspective. And of course, it's like what you were starting to say is my only child. I mean, this is what a, this is what a good mother should do. We should be the room mom. We should cut our legs off and sacrifice ourselves. That is an outdated paradigm on motherhood, yeah. right? Let's step into going, let me show my child what's possible. I have three teenage daughters. I am not available all the time. They are right. watching me change lives every day and mm -hmm. build an empire and a legacy that requires a lot of me. And it shows them what's possible and it inspires them, right? So there's so many options and so many choices for us to undo so many of the influences that we've been carrying. And I think successful women have a hard time with that because, you know, we're never saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm the founder of my company or the CEO and man, look what I've built. Look what I've done. All we're thinking about is, ah, I'm not baking Christmas cookies. I'm not rolling out the dough, putting on the sprinkles. Who cares? Your kid's not going to remember you doing that, but they are going to remember you day in and day out helping people, mm -hmm. you know, in my business, changing clients' lives, getting them green yes. cards citizenship, like that's super impactful. But super I think impactful. as professionals, it's not cool to say that. It's not cool to brag, mm. flex. Mm, right. Well, I want to change that completely for all of us right now, because it's necessary. I want you to, I want you to boast. I want you to celebrate. It's not braggadocious. That's what we were raised to think. Right. That's what kept us pushed into, you know, be a good girl. Don't shine your light too much. Don't really tell yep. anybody how you feel. Don't ask for too much. Make sure everybody else is happy. Make sure that you sacrifice your own comfort for the comfort of everybody else. And then you're valuable. Uh, yeah. Ugh, gross. <laughs> Ew. You have to stop. But we have to have conversations like this where we end up going, okay, you know what? Then we have to lead the charge. We have to be ambassadors of this new paradigm of female leadership, right? Where we get to really start to change the whole narrative and change the perspective and allow ourselves to, you know what? I can build an identity where my powerhouse empire building CEO-ness is equal to or greater than the part of my identity that's a mother. You can, you can make that choice because you get to see yourself and create your own identity and your own self-image, right? And I just think, I just think it's magnificent. For sure. So how do you work with people? What do people hire you for? How do you work with them? How are you changing their lives and changing this dialogue? In various ways, the group programs is the thing I love the most, especially for female leaders and entrepreneurs, because another thing that we get to relearn is how to have phenomenal, loving, unconditionally supportive relationship with women, with other women. So when you want to really heal and grow and expand and you do it inside a container of other women who are doing that work on themselves, you actually feel like you are being lifted and elevated in the air because it is just a constant love fest of challenging one another and pushing one another and reminding you who you are and telling you not to conform and helping you kind of go after it. So mind magic specifically is my core body of work. And that is a group program, a group experience for female leaders and entrepreneurs. And we do the foundational healing mindset and energetics. And then I coach you live every other week. And we do fear week and all kinds of things. I also do an annual live event, like a deep dive retreat that I love. It's really juicy. It's pretty incredible. So that's like the primary way. And I certify women in my work. 
so that they can teach mindset and energy the way that I do. So give us an idea of the mind magic course. Like how long is it for? Is it like once a week, once a month? What does that look like? So mind magic is actually a six month container. Okay. So you come through and in the first 12 weeks, you are doing the work. You're in the foundational modules of it. And every other week, like clockwork, we're doing a live group coaching session. Like yesterday we did 90 minutes and it was tons of beautiful women on Zoom and you pre-submit and we coach around anything. And we cover all, we cover every gamut because it can be relationship. It could be money, it could be wealth. It could be sales. It could be hiring. It can be energy, anything and everything because you are the asset, right? So it's really this kind of full circle experience. And then inside the container, I also have a breathwork teacher and an energy healer. And once a month they come through and they help keep you kind of clean and clear energetically, because that's another part of how we need to prioritize ourselves. And then you get to stay in the container as long as you want, because what happens is once you're in, you never want to leave. Mm -hmm. And really, I would love for everyone to always stay because think about it, the lens of the conversation we're having, wouldn't it be amazing if every female leader had an incredible community to go to all the time to reflect back her blind spots, to remind her what she's capable of, right? It's like working on yourself and having a posse. A positive posse that can relate to what you're doing, what you're going through. I mean, I'm in several business groups. They're co-ed, they're okay, but it's just different. A group of women together is so powerful rather than comparing, oh, she's she's so much thinner than me or God, her purse is so cool to, to flip that on its head and have women that are in similarly situated positions going through the same things. I just think there's so much power behind that. It's extraordinary. I am in awe of it and I created it. There are certain days <laughs> and I just back up and I'm like, wow, Whoa. relationships, the friendships, as I observe what's going on and you're spot on when it's all women. And I've had plenty of opportunity well, why don't you invite men? Or I really want to join this and I'm a man or whatever. And there is a sacredness. There is a sacredness because what we're doing is we're changing the paradigm for female leadership and entrepreneurs. We are changing the way we show up and use our voices. It is nothing short of extraordinary. So hi, Wire Woman. I'm here today with Tracy Litt, L-I-T-T. You can find all this great information on the litfactor.com website. We'll have the information on the show notes. So much good information here. So many positive things. I know as soon as I'm done with this podcast, I'm going on that website because Tracy sells something very, very near and dear to my heart. There's a pillow that says don't should on me. And that has been like my life mantra for probably the last 10 years. I'm always fighting the shoulds. It's like the demon of my life. So I'm getting the shirt. I'm getting the pillow. I'm super excited. When I was on your website, I was like, oh my God, I love this. I've never seen this before. So Tracy, before we let you go and work on the world and how we speak to one another, (laughs) tell us like one thing, like one thing you can't live without, one thing that is critical. Is it sleep? Is it water? Is it chocolate? Is it Starbucks? Like what's your one thing? Is it deeper than that? Yes, I have to answer with two things. Okay. Because coffee, black coffee, straight, black, the more bitter, the darker, the better. Okay, and I trained myself. I used to drink, three quarters sweet cream and a quarter Uh, coffee. And over time, right, move into that. And nature outside. I take my coffee every morning. 
I sit outside, even in the sweltering, dripping wet Florida heat <laughs> of July and August. And I sit, even if it's just for a few moments and I drink that gorgeous coffee and I look at nature and I spend that moment in silence and in gratitude. I talk a little bit in my head to the trees, to the grass, to the birds that sit on my dock. Just like, mm, hello, everybody. Mm -hmm. Aren't we lucky? Look at this gorgeous world we live in. What a new day. I wonder what's going to happen in this day. Mm -hmm. What's right? And just opening myself up and connecting. So I couldn't live without that. Yeah. And it's interesting to make the time to do that. Today, I was going to rush out of the house and I looked in my backyard with all my lovely flowers blooming. And I said, I'm going to eat breakfast outside. I'm not going to eat it in my car. I'm not going to hurry up and drink a shake because I live in Buffalo, New York. These days are numbered, right? In February, I can't sit back there amongst the flowers. <laughs> and today I gave myself 15 minutes to do that. Mm -hmm. And what an amazing way to start the day. Yes. And, you know, rather than make my lunch, I hit down the should. That's right. I went and ate lunch, or I'm sorry, I went and ate breakfast amongst my flowers. It was a beautiful way to start the day. And I ordered a salad and everything's fine. You know? Right, but right. Well, energy to do that, right? That takes well, energy. It's not that it takes energy. It takes your ability to let the woman you're becoming lead. Yeah. It really is about fundamentally just to give a little bit more on the how you have to stop making choices for yourself because the choices you're making is coming from who you currently are in your current reality. And the woman you're becoming, no matter what your vision is from a tangible external perspective, the woman that you're becoming is flowier and more trusting and more expansive and she enjoys the silence and mm -hmm. she loves to make time because she knows when she makes three clusters of 15 minutes a day everything in her life thrives because she thrives for sure so for that's sure. what the journey is it's a journey of becoming her yeah super powerful well i have goosebumps wow very powerful it is it very is. powerful well tracy thanks so much i could talk to you for days but i know we've got some time constraints here Hi, Warrior Women. Please, please, please check out Tracy Litt. She has an excellent TED Talk about fear. It's not really long. It's super powerful. I've listened to it twice. There's a lot of really good nuggets in there. Again, it's the Litt, L-I-T-T, factor.com. Tracy's all over social media as well, posting really cool things. So Tracy, thanks so much for helping the High Wire Women community to turn off some of the noise, to work on some mind magic, and to stay on that high wire. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed every second. My pleasure.